0: Jesse Kelly show let's have some fun tonight we have an email from Venezuela we're going to get to that in just a moment let me ask you something let me ask you are you burnt out on politics or do you get burnt out on politics you get to that moment where the gas tank is empty and you think to yourself I'm going to go watch uh, uh, women's soccer okay nobody's that desperate but you understand what I'm saying hang on just hang on to that thought for a moment if you're getting burnt out. We have David Chipman, the ATF nominee. I'm starting to love this guy. He laid out tonight exactly how he thinks about us. I think it's valuable. No, we're not playing it yet, Chris. It's called a tease, okay? We're teasing things. This is I'm a radio professional. I've been doing this three years. Uh, I have a personal disaster on my hands. It's going to not only cost me a bunch of money, I'm going to have to have a confrontation with my Democrat neighbor right after the show. If you'd like to laugh at me, and I know you do, you're going to have to hang on. I'll get to that about one hour from now. And finally, I'm going to tear the GOP a new one tonight. I've had enough. But first and foremost, let's start with something that Might make you feel better, might make you feel worse, depends on your state of mind. But I think it's something that's important. I mean, there are a ton of stories to get to, but this, I think, is important. I know you get tired. And when I say tired, I don't just mean like the kids have been up all night tired. I mean, when you are into politics, as you and I are, it's a real love-hate relationship. I know what you go through. I go through the same thing. You love it. It's important. It's interesting. Palace intrigue. Uh, the, 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 you know, it's important enough that you probably take it too far sometimes, maybe get too passionate about something. And because it's important enough that you take it too far, sometimes you burn yourself out. You burn yourself out. I know you do. Maybe you're burnt out right now. Maybe you were burnt out last week. Maybe you've been burnt out since the election. All that, it's, it's all fine. This is all natural too. And It's not that you've done anything wrong. I I'm the same way. I do this for a living. I talk about politics now for five hours a day because I lucked into this job, and I get burnout. So when I get off work, as you know, I told you this. I've told you this a thousand times before. I don't get off work. I don't get off the air. Stop doing my TV show. Stop doing my radio show and go home and sit in and browse social media all night on the hottest news stories. I drop politics about 35 seconds after I turn off this microphone because I know I'm going to fry myself out if I don't. So if you get burnout, that's fine. You're not, you're, you're human. It's fine. But I'm going to read something for you here. And I want you to listen and listen closely if you're burnout out, or you've been burnt out, or you're almost burnt out, hear this. I got an email. Dear Shogun of anti-communists everywhere in churches fried chicken, my family is Venezuelan. It's terrible right now. Oh, before I forget. Understand this about Venezuela. It is sitting on top of a massive pot of gold. Venezuela has the largest oil reserves on planet Earth. Wrap your mind around that. Saudi Arabia, all these places. Venezuela. Largest on planet Earth. If, you, if you're starting a, a new country. And you get to put in your requests to God. And you say, God. I want some natural resources for my new country. And God says, okay. I mean, alright. You do cuss a lot though. I'll tell you what. I'll give you one. You can have your choice. You would choose oil. And if you didn't, you're insane. Oil is simply liquid money to this day. It is number one by a mile. It's what you would want. Venezuela's sitting on a pot of it. Huge amounts of it. Keep that in mind as I read through this. My mom spent last year in Venezuela after getting stuck due to coronavirus lockdowns on her first vacation outside the U.S. in 20 plus years. She'd go 10 days at a time without running water. At one point, one egg was split between her and two others. Outside of the Capitol, there are blackouts for 10 plus hours a day. Picture, picture this, your home, 10 plus hours a day, no power. There are now long lines for gas. You can't go out past six because criminals will kill you for a cell phone. Or even worse, you'll get caught by the National Guard. What shocked her most is how much the country deteriorated from when she had last seen it before Chavez. I recently saw a video of a Venezuelan talking about how in the 90s he would laugh at Cubans who would say that what happened in Cuba was going to happen in Venezuela. I'm going to stop there. I didn't say that to bring you down. I'm trying to get something through to you tonight. If you care about politics, and I'm sure you have other interests in your life. As you know, I don't have hobbies, so I really don't. But I'm sure you have other interests, other things you you love or are passionate about in your life. And that's good. But if if you care about politics, you're listening to my voice, so you do. The stakes of the game couldn't possibly be higher right now and what you care about, what you're passionate about, it matters a lot. It matters life and death. It's it's one of the reasons I could never do sports radio if someone asked me to. And you know, I've, I've loved sports. I've loved sports for a long time. Don't watch much of them anymore because I don't deal with that anti-American crap, but I love sports. I don't think I could show up every day and talk about them for three hours, not because I don't love them, but because... Does it matter? Does it really matter? What you care about matters a lot. This is coming to the United States of America. Blackouts, roving gangs of warlords who kill people. This is coming. People starving to death. You don't think it can because you've never known it. You've never experienced it. I've never experienced it. But country after country after country, no matter how wealthy or how well off they are, they've gone through this right before your eyes. I can't explain to you how many emails I get like this from people who've either lived through communism or have relatives who have, and they all say to me, Jesse, I mean, this one ends with it saying basically, Jesse, how do we warn people? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. I'm not saying this because I want to scare you or anything like that. I'm not. I'm, I'm honest when I, do, when I do that, and I do do it on occasion trying to wake you up. I'm saying this because if you're burnt out, I get it. Take a day off. Go have a beer and some pizza, but get back in the game. We can't have people burnt out now. And this goes to my second point, and this may be the most important point. We need you. You, specifically. We have to have you. Why? Because the stakes of the game are high, as we just established. Really, 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 really high. And we're losing. There's no question about that. That's, that's not really debatable either. And the people who are supposed to be defending us, the people we rely on to defend us, are utterly useless in every possible way useless and weak, sometimes playing for the other team. And that's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario, most of the time, they're just eunuchs who are absolutely of no use in the battle to come. I'm looking at a headline right here. Mitch McConnell, the most powerful Republican by a mile in America right now. Can't even imagine any senator wouldn't vote to uh, raise the debt ceiling. Mitch McConnell, you know what else he said? He said, get vaccinated or more lockdowns are coming. You just had the top Republican in America threaten you to go get vaccinated or or they're going to lock us down again. That's supposed to be the guy leading us. That's supposed to be the guy leading the charge. He can't. If I sound mad, it's because I am mad. I'm tired of these worthless losers on our side who will not stand up and understand the stakes of the game. You're talking about the debt ceiling and vaccinations? Let's talk about people starving to death in America, because it's coming, unless we do something about it. I'm not done. Hang on.
1: Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show.
0: It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And yes, on top of me yelling about the GOP tonight and what's happening in Venezuela and Mitch McConnell and how bad he sucks and everything else, we are still trying to bring this country back together. How? We are putting together a list here at the Jesse Kelly Show of the 10 hottest members of Congress. Right now, we have some nominees. Feel free to submit your nominations. Remember, this is a bipartisan list. We will not have any partisan hackery on our, on our hottest women of Congress list. Boebert's number one. There's not, there's not really a debate there. I say AOC is number two. Getting some pushback on that, but let's be reasonable. Ilhan Omar's on there. I'm get, people seem to hate Ilhan Omar, and I get that. She's detestable. Come on. This is a purely shallow list. Ilhan Omar is on that list. Nancy Mace has got to be on there. This Beth Van Duyne or doing what, Chris? Can we get Tulsi on there? Is she still in Congress? Oh, man. Tulsi would have not only been on there, she would have been way high up with the gray streak thing. Yeah, Tulsi would have been on there. But I'm sorry, this has to be currently serving members of Congress. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. If you'd like to submit your nominees, we will bring this country back together. But one more thing, as I'm railing about Mitch McConnell, because McConnell's out there today talking about debt ceiling and get vaccinated or we'll lock you down today. I don't want to just single him out. I'm seeing pundits on the right, names you would know, also out there doing some weird things get vaccinated push is that the issue we're facing right now and are we still doing this thing how are we still doing this thing where we're pretending that coronavirus is going to wipe out life as we know it on the planet we don't have to do that now even if you were one of those people who bought that early on that's fine okay i get that it was a new virus we didn't know what it was but we have data now we have a year and a half of data if you're old or especially if you're old and have pre-existing conditions yeah, you need to take some precautions. Yeah. If you're really fat, you need to take some precautions. It's something that attacks your lungs. You don't have as good a circulation. You need you don't have as good oxygen distribution in your body if you're really fat. Yeah, you need to take some precautions. Other people are not at significant risk from coronavirus. That's not me being some conspiracy theorist. I have data, I have data sitting right in front of me. Kids are at no risk, zero I think the grand total of kids who've died in the United States of America under the age of 12, I don't know, I'm making this up because I don't do research for the show, but I think the number is 339, it's somewhere in there, and every one of those cases, there was some other condition involved. But yet we're still talking about, should we send kids to school? How many masks should they wear? This is insane. And why is the right talking about this? I understand the left would be talking about this because coronavirus is the greatest thing that's ever happened to those power hungry scumbags. I get that. We have the Senate majority leader talking about it. We have several of the leading voices on the right talking about it. Make sure you get vaccinated. That's what we're dealing with here. Let me tell you something we're dealing with here. We're dealing with the remaking of America in several different ways. We have the Federal Bureau of Investigation, we talked about this yesterday, we have the Federal Bureau of Investigation setting people up to make it look like they were trying to assassinate a governor. That's what the story looks like now. And that's not according to me, that's according to BuzzFeed. The FBI looks like it's now the weaponized arm of the Democratic Party and Mitch McConnell's worried about your vaccination status? We can't. We can't have these people leading us. That's why I'm talking to you. That's why I tell you don't get burnt out. Or if you do, take a quick break and come back. Because we're not, we're not going to make it out of this with Mitch McConnell and people like that leading the way. We're not. We're not. If your favorite writer or TV guy or radio guy is out there, to, well, make sure you're, you have to get vaccinated, guys. I, I know I'm a, I'm a right winger, but you should get. If that's what they're concerned about right now with what's happening in this country, drop them like a hot potato. You must lead. You must lead because these people, they're not good enough. They're not gutsy enough. And I know why they're not. We talked about this a little bit last night. I'm going to calm down. I don't like yelling on the radio. You know that. We talked about this last night. Part of this is probably on me. When I say it's on me, it's I'm expecting political people to be warriors and leaders, to have a spine and things like that. But how many political people do you know? I'm talking about pundits and politicians themselves. Not not fans of it like you. I'm talking about people who do, you know, radio or TV or 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 Senator or Congress. How many of them do you know or anything other than just dorks? They're just dorks. It's part of the reason they went into politics. There's nerds. So I'm sitting here expecting leadership. You know, I, I'm expecting somebody to take the fight to them and go after them and, and talk about the seriousness of it and talk about what's happening to the country. But really I'm, I'm asking too much of a bunch of dorks. That's, that's the truth. I'm, I'm not trying to be harsh, but I'm a harsh person. It's, it's just the truth. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm asking too much and I'll, I'll follow this up with this because so I'm going to get rid of this Venezuela email because I don't like reading this gunk. If you're considering running for office, hear me out. Do it. And don't you dare sell yourself short because you think you have to work your way up to it or maybe take some classes or I don't know. I haven't read the Constitution enough. Get out there and run. If you want to run for school board, go run. If you want to run for State House, State Senate, go run. If you want to run for U.S. Congress, don't listen to anybody. They pulled this with me when I tried to run. Don't listen to anybody who tells you, well, I mean, you should really wait your turn. We have State Senator Loser over here, and he's, it's really kind of his turn. Forget his turn. It's your turn because you're the one who sees how desperate the situation is right now in the country. You're the one who knows we don't have any more time for dorks. You're the one who knows if Senator loser can't acknowledge that, then he's going to have to go sit on the sidelines after you beat his face in. He is, it's time for you to get involved. It's time for you to get involved in primaries. You don't, you don't have capable enough people leading you for us to win this war. I don't like saying that, but you probably are capable enough. So you need to take over. Don't and don't do this thing where people do this all the time and I see this all the time. Don't do this thing where you somehow sell yourself short and make them seem too good. Well, I mean, I'm just a I'm just a housewife. You know who loves housewives? Everyone. Get your pretty face out there and run for office. Well, I can't do it, Jesse. I'm I'm just in construction. Okay. I did construction my whole life. Go run for office. You probably got more common sense than all the idiots in Washington, D.C. put put together. Oh, Jesse, I don't have a degree. Rush Limbaugh didn't have a degree. Did he do any good for America? Did he lead generations? Get out there and fight because people like Mitch McConnell are simply not enough. They're not enough, and they'll never be enough. He's not going to wake up tomorrow and look down and find a pair. You're going to have to be the pair. So go get him. Now, race relations. Let's keep it light tonight and talk about race relations. Hang on. I'm picking up whatever is mine. Out, living in a. Movie. Hot it a is movie. the Jesse Kelly show. Don't forget you get to laugh at another disastrous story about my life. About 30 minutes from now. It happened right before the show. It's serious enough, the show actually almost didn't go off tonight. I had to make a couple arrangements We, you were that close to getting a replay of the Jesse Kelly show. So (laughs) as soon as the show's over, I'll be racing home to address the issue. So we'll deal with that in a minute and we'll get to race relations in this country and, and why it's in such a sad state of affairs in just a moment. But I did want to keep you updated on the important news of the day. Our, bipartisan efforts to bring this country together by listing the hottest women in Congress. It is coming together nicely, if I say so myself. We have candidates. This is not in any particular order yet. We are still sorting through the field, hoping America can agree. We have Bobert. obviously is number one. I don't think we have to keep listing that. There's not really a close second, but Bobert's number one. AOC... Is on that list. She's on the list. Don't yell at me because she has the IQ of a bar stool. She's on the list. Omar's on the list. Chris is Jewish, so he probably is not as big on Omar. Let's be assured. She wouldn't be as big on you, pal. But Omar is somewhere on that list. Gillibrand. We haven't talked about was it Kirsten or Kristen Gillibrand? Definitely on there. Kristen Cinema is on there. Nancy Mace is on there. I'm getting text messages. You'll love this. I'm getting text messages during the break from female members of Congress adding names to the list. <laughs> so they're all getting involved. Salazar is on there. Just, just know America. I will bring this country back together. All right. Now let's move on to something that's not quite as fun. This is from Gallup ratings of black white relations at a new Low two year nine point drop in overall positive ratings of race relations. 33% of black adults, 43% of white adults say race, race relations are good, 40% of black adults say ra- uh, relations will eventually work out. Down 14 points. Okay. I'm not going to go into all the nerd details of, of the, the poll. It's on Gallup.com if you want to check out the details of it. But I'll simply say this. I have always been very comfortable talking about race. They say it's one of those things you're never supposed to talk about, right? That's probably why I find it appealing. I I, I enjoy it. I I don't know why we're so scared about talking about it. Full disclosure on me. As you know, I was a, a Marine, a, a mediocre Marine, but I was a Marine for some time. And my really my first introduction to really non-white people, it's not like I'd never met one. They weren't, you know, animals on the Serengeti. I, I just hadn't. In Montana, Montana used to be white as snow. It's changed a little bit now. But when I was there, we had 1,600 kids in our high school. There was one black kid. Yeah, he was the running back of the football team. It, it, it was one black kid. So we just didn't. It was just not something I was around. But I didn't grow up in a racist family, so I didn't have any negative or positive, really, stereotypes going into it. Now, my dad, as you know, is uh, a bit direct, but I didn't didn't grow up in a household where I was taught to really hate anyone. My dad hated everyone. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so I get to the Marine Corps. And in, the, in that environment, like, football players will know this. Any, any sports guys will know this. Military guys will know this. This will sound familiar to you. You are all of a sudden shoved into an environment that is, especially in the Marine Corps, it's stressful. Uh, it's dangerous. And you're shoved in with people from all walks of life. And so, I mean, just in my unit, we look, there were obviously, there were, there were black people, there were Koreans, there were Japanese people, there were Mexicans, Guatemalans, there were Cubans, there, were, there was just, there, there were uh, Indians, I mean, people from India. There, there, was, there was something from everyone in my unit. And that, that's the same with any military unit. And the way we dealt with it, and maybe this is just a Marine Corps thing, I don't know, The way we dealt with it was we gave each other merciless amounts of crap about each other's race, religion, mother, you name it. We said things to each other that would get every single one of us fired if any one of them came out today, and nobody cared. We just were always joking with each other about that stuff. So the reason I'm so comfortable talking about it now is – I have always talked about it. I'm not scared to talk about it. I don't view the pigment of your skin to be significant. A lot of people do. I don't. So that's why I'm comfortable talking about it. I think skin color activists, and there are many of them, black ones and white ones especially, there are many of them. I think you all look absurd because you're assigning value to something that does not hold value. Culture holds value. Mother, father, morals, things like that. These are things that hold value. I don't care what your color is. If you take somebody black, white, green, whatever he is, and drop him as a newborn in a loving household with a mother, father, some siblings, and some food in the cupboard, that kid's probably going to turn out pretty good. And I don't care who you are, black, white, or otherwise, you drop a kid into a chaotic situation, he's going to grow up probably pretty rough. And the pigment of the skin doesn't matter at all. So that's why I feel so comfortable talking about race. And another reason is I'm a sociopath. So when I get hateful emails about this, or you're a white supremacist, or you're sucking up to this, or you're, none of that bothers me at all. It doesn't bother me. It just does not affect me. However, I've watched, as somebody who's dispassionate about it, I guess I should say, I've sat back in horror and watched what the system has caused to happen in this country over the last year and a half, and it makes me sick to my stomach. I watched, especially in the wake of George Floyd's death, I watched every part of this system go out there and get highly invested in tearing the race relations of this country to bits. And the worst part is they were hugely successful. A lot of black people today hate white people who didn't two years ago. And a lot of white people today hate black people who didn't two years ago. Now, you'll hear a lot more from the black people because that's more uh, acceptable now. You know, the media will put those people on, and the white people won't say their hatred. They won't voice it now because you get get your butt fired if you voice it. But these people talk in private. They talk. They talk to each other. And there's resentment there. And it's awful. It's absolutely awful what we allowed them to do to us. They played us like puppets. And we, we fell for it. We fell for lie after lie after lie, and we fell for it. Ah, oh, cops are out there hunting down black men for sport, for the color of their skin. There's not a single statistic that proves that's true at all. Not one. Not one. And yet, people went all in on that, and that caused resentment on the people who didn't go all in on that. And now, we're quibbling about race when the communists are destroying every single part of this country. And even the, the, the biggest the biggest scam of all of it is all the race people, the main, the main uh, race supremacy group right now in the country's Black Lives Matter. I mean, they're just as bad as the KKK, except they have corporate sponsorship. They don't care about black people. That's the biggest scam of the whole thing. They don't care at all. The, a direct result of all their stupid defund the police rhetoric has been black people dying in droves in these big cities. Oh, that really helped out black people, didn't it? But yet it did, it did work. And that's what bothers me is this stuff they pull all the time, it works. It got this person hating this person and this person's hating that person. And I hate black people and I hate white people and I hate this. And I... In the meantime, all the people who had power have more of it. All the people who have all the money have more of it. While we're quibbling about skin pigmentation, I'm sorry. I don't view it as important. I'll never view it as important. And I think it's absurd when people do. Now, you want to know what does matter? The value of the dollar is currently being destroyed. You cannot possibly print money or print money, trent money, print money by the trillion, by the trillion with a T. You can't possibly print money unbacked and not destroy the value of the dollar. That's where this inflation is coming from, and they're not slowing down. They're not stopping. They're not backing off. There's not a single person who's destroying the value of the dollar who stepped up and said, ooh, whoops, shouldn't have done that. Get some precious metals as part of your portfolio. Get gold and silver in your hand. And Oxford Gold Group will put gold and silver in your hand. I can't stress that enough. Not a piece of paper. Real gold, real silver. 833 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD. Make sure you tell them Jesse told you to call. They have promised me they will take care of my listeners. Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly show. And yes, I will give you my story on something disastrous happened right before the show. (laughs) I'll give you that in about 10 minutes from now. But first I am enjoying part of me enjoys the new breed of Democrat. We have the full blown communist because they're so honest that all you have to do now is pay attention And they'll tell you exactly how they feel about you. It's why I talk all the time about... You've heard me talk a million times about a national divorce. I'm not kidding when I say that. And that's not some bit I'm doing for radio. I believe the country should break up. Now, I'm not naive. I don't think it's going to happen. It's definitely not going to happen tomorrow, I should say. It'll happen at some point. I think the country doesn't share common values anymore. And so, like I've said... If the dad wants to take the kids, move to the suburbs, get a white picket fence, go to church on Sunday, grill out burgers, and the wife wants to go tour with Metallica and do black tar heroin, there's no common ground. They have to They have to divorce. You have to separate. Because otherwise, you're just going to kill each other if you stay in the same home. There's no common ground there. We don't share common ground. They despise us. They think we're the enemy. And I'll be frank, because I don't just want to point fingers here. I despise them. Maybe you don't. I do. I do. I absolutely detest these people. I detest every part of their religion of communism. I know they hate America. I know they have a goal to bring America to its knees. Everything they do is aimed towards that, and they despise you because you're trying to stop them from doing it. These people despise you. Do you want to know? Do you want to know what your new ATF? Well, he's not your new ATF chairman by the grace of God yet, but what the wannabe ATF chairman Chipman had to say. Do you want to know what he had to say? Listen to how these people think about you. And let me qualify this beforehand. The audio is terrible. It's actually not Chris's fault. But if you want to email Chris and blame it on him, that's fine. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Oh, and we still... We are able to take phone calls now, and you still can't have the number because I don't trust you yet. Chris, played Chipman.
2: In their mind, uh, they might be confident. They might think that they're diehard, ready to go, but unfortunately, they're more like Tiger King, and uh, they're putting themselves and their families in danger. And so what I would suggest is for those people who were first-time gun owners, if they did go out and buy a gun, um, I would secure that gun, locked and unloaded, and hide it behind the cans of tuna and beef jerky that you've stored in a cabinet, and um, you know only bring that out if the zombies start to appear. Um, and I don't think they are.
0: You hear how they think about you? Do you hear? Do you hear the disdain, the mockery? <laughs> you don't have a chance anyway. Hide it behind your can of tuna and beef jerky, loser. Uh-oh. Uh, what are you going to do, pull it out when the zombies come? I love David Chipman. In fact, I think David Chipman should be the ATF nominee so he can run his stupid mouth for four years and you can continue to hear exactly how they think about you. Now, Chris, I want you to play this again in a second, but I want you to listen again. And you tell me, be honest, and maybe I'm wrong, be honest with me. What common ground do you think you're going to find with this person? In their mind,
2: uh, they might be confident. They might think that they're diehard, ready to go. But unfortunately, they're more like Tiger King. And uh, they're putting themselves and their families in danger. And so what I would suggest is for those people who were first-time gun owners, if they did go out and buy a gun, um, I would secure that gun locked and unloaded and hide it behind the cans of tuna and beef jerky that you've stored in a cabinet, and um you know only bring that out if the zombies start to appear um and I don't think they are
0: what if that guy takes over the a t f what do you think? I mean, ask yourself this: what do you think the mission of the a t f is going to be if that guy takes over not that the a t f should exist anyway, but still. Okay, he takes over the ATF. Do you think they're going to be running down the cartels? Do you think they're going to be chasing down Antifa? Black Lives Matter? Do you think they're going to be digging into the various terrorist cells that still exist on American shore? Or do you think they're going to be worried about you? Is a uh, law-abiding gun owner a threat to public
2: safety in your view thank you for that question senator um, if the term law-abiding means someone has lawfully possessed a gun there are often occasions that that person then goes on to commit a violent crime
0: he's telling you exactly what he thinks and this is why our rot has gotten so bad because these are the people who lead our organizations. Remember, you and I've yelled a million times about Christopher Ray, that loser who runs the FBI, talking about telling Congress, well, I mean, white supremacy is definitely the biggest national security threat for domestic terrorism. Well we laugh that off or we yell about it? You know it's a five minute radio segment and then you move on to something else. But what you and I are forgetting, And I'm just as guilty of this, too. What you and I are forgetting is he doesn't just sit in front of Congress and talk like that. He sits in front of Congress and talks like that. And then he gets up. And he gets back in his car. And he drives back to FBI headquarters. And then he calls in the heads of his various departments. And that's what he tells them, too. Why do you think the FBI continues to hound People from the right, day after day after day after day. When's the last time you heard about the FBI infiltrating Antifa? They've been murdering and looting people for two years, five years? Did you hear about that big FBI bust for Black Lives Matter? They got some informants in Black Lives Matter, since Black Lives Matter has killed a bunch of people. They got informants in there and took them down. Did you hear about that? Oh, no, you, no, you didn't hear about that because it didn't happen. Because these guys in the Federal Bureau of Investigation, they sit down and they're not worried about Antifa. They're not worried about Black Lives Matter. These guys sit down and they're worried about you. Wrap your mind around exactly what that means. All right. It's time to liven this show up. You get to laugh at my pain. I have a disaster on my hands. Next. Jesse Kelly show. We have a green beret coming up in about 25 minutes from now. Let's talk to him about killing people. That'll be sweet. I'm not telling you his name, Chris. It's secret. Okay. It's top secret. You wouldn't understand spy stuff like I do. Don't worry. We're going to go into this uh, Cuba stuff here in just a moment. Apparently the DC mayor loves communism and she's just laying it all out there for us to see. We have new podcast reviews in. If you missed any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. I have an email address you can email. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, all is welcome. I also have a phone number you can't have. You could call into the show and talk right now, but I'm not doing it. And I'm not doing it because I don't trust you yet. And this is what I mean by I don't trust you. I'm sure your views are fine. I'm sure you're a fine person, but you will bore the audience to death if I let you on the air. It'll be, hi, Jesse. Uh, hello. Okay, okay. How are you? I'm good. I love the show. Okay, I figured as much. You're still listening. When will you get to the point? That's what I'm worried about. And so, no, I'm not giving out the phone number. I might never give out the phone number. If I sound salty, I am. Why? Here's my situation. This happened right before I came on the air. There was almost no Jesse Kelly show tonight, which I know would have probably been the end of your world, so I can't risk that. What, Chris? So I can't risk that, but my home, I live in a Republican area, right? I'm in the Texas suburbs, so it's clearly Republican. I did that search thing you can do to see what percentage of your area is Republican or Democrat, 92% Republican. It is red, red, red where I am. I have moved recently. About the last year I moved. I'm still in this same Republican area, but I now have exactly one neighbor. I have people still all around me, but one person whose house is right next door to mine. And because because I have angered God with my behavior or something, I don't know what it is, I moved right next door to not just a Democrat, A, I'm talking somebody with Black Lives Matter signs in their yard. That kind of Democrat. Now, as soon as I move in, I don't want to cause trouble. Everyone knows. Everyone has had a problem with their neighbor at some point in time. And there is nothing that will suck the joy out of your life like having a neighbor you don't get along with. The petty little squabbles, the barking dogs, taking out trash. It's just awful. You don't know what it's like to have a bad neighbor until you've had one, and then you'll do whatever you can and never have another one. Well, I move in, and obviously I feel pretty strongly about my beliefs. If you have a Black Lives Matter sign in your yard, you do too. So I'm obviously concerned. I'm worried they're going to recognize me, know who I am, because, look, I'm a huge celebrity. Uh, What, Chris? I'm worried they're going to recognize me and it's going to cause problems. They do end up recognize me. It's not caused any problems yet. There's tension there, but nothing that's the end of the world so far. I mean, nothing that's the end of the world. I haven't egged their house more than once. <laughs> anyway, there's tension there. We just had a huge storm blow through our area normally would not be a problem, except we like our kids to get exercise. Why is that an issue? Well, because we like our kids to get exercise. Yes, they still play their video games and whatnot. That's fine, but we regulate all that. We put a trampoline in the back of our yard. A big one, too. I don't mean one of those little dinky two-foot ones. It's a big one. We put a big trampoline in the back of our yard. The storm apparently just blew through, and I right before the show starts, I get panic-dialed by the wife. The wife never does that to me. Never. People know don't do that to me unless someone is dying or something like that. You call me once or send me one text message. If you call me twice in a row, it better be really, really, really important. So for her to do that, because she never does that, I knew it was really important. I answer at the same time I get a text message from her, and what do I see my trampoline has blown it not only got lifted up by the storm, it went blasting through the shared fence I have with the Black Lives Matter neighbor. And now, currently, as we speak, as you and I are sitting here talking, as we speak, my trampoline is laying in the Black Lives Neighbor, Black Lives Matter neighbor's pool. It's sitting in his pool. And by the time I get home, it's going to be A, raining, and B, pitch black outside. Uh, What exactly am I supposed to do about this? Am I supposed to go knock on the door? I clearly have to knock on the door because I'm not getting shot. I can't just wander into his yard. I'm going to have to, I don't have the hands, uh, all my buddies are out of town right now, I don't want to be that guy asking people, so I'm not only going to have to go into my neighbor's pool who hates me, I'm going to have to go into the pool with tools in my hand and disassemble a trampoline, take it back to my yard, reassemble it, and then figure out what to do about the fence. Chris, I didn't even think about this. What am I supposed to do about the fence? I understand I have to repair it, genius. In what way does that help me in my current situation? Tonight, what do I do about the fence? There's nothing to even do about the fence, right? I'm not going to the lumber yard tonight. I'm not Bob Vila. I'm I'm not going to be up until 2 a.m. building fence posts. Do I look Amish to you? I don't know how to even do that. It doesn't take you that long. You're the weirdo freak who built a menorah off a driftwood you found in the side of the road. I can't do that. So, it's going to be a long night. It's look, it's going to be a long night. If I got a little testy earlier in the show, screaming about McConnell and stuff like that, it's because I know like, like the end of my workday, work day, like it's a real grind doing radio. At the end of this long hard day talking into a microphone, I have to go disassemble a trampoline underwater in a pool of somebody who hates my guts. It, he'll probably have poisoned the water by the time I get there, Chris. You know what? This might be my last night on the air. If you, if you would like to send me an email saying what I mean to you, now would be the time to do it because I may never, I may never hear it again. And if that sounds like I'm just fishing for compliments, you know that's not what Chris. You know that's not something I would ever, ever, ever do. Come on. <laughs> Did you hear what AOC said? Chris, play AOC. See, again, I love AOC. And I love her because she's dumb. And when I say dumb, she's not in control of her mouth. She's in one of these really safe districts in New York City, so she can't control her mouth. She just comes right out and says all the the things all the Democrats are thinking but won't say because they have some kind of filter. Well, she is an idiot, and she's in a safe seat, so she doesn't ever need to filter anything at all. Uh, by the way, in case anyone thinks I'm being too hard on her, yes, we we're coming close to completing the hottest women in Congress list, and she's on there. So don't tell me I'm not bipartisan. Anyway, Chris, play that. Also,
1: some Democrats are saying it's not just the embargo that's the problem. No, the it's, actual... it's
0: not. You know, this issue is it's not just one facet, but where the U.S. has historically been most aggressive in. Uh, And where
2: we, you know, in bringing up the embargo, you're pointing to the U.S. role, whereas, and
0: what, and U.S. actions, because if you leave that gaping uh, opening, my concern is that people are trying to lay the groundwork for regime change. (laughs) (laughs) She's so stupid. (laughs) I, I, you know, AOC is an actress, right? Have you? I'm not. I'm not making this up. Have you ever heard of the group, the Justice Democrats? I can't believe how many people don't know this. There's a group out there called Justice Democrats or uh, Justice Socialists. No, it's Justice Democrats, I believe. They uh, they had an audition. They're trying to run hardcore socialists for Congress around the country, and of course, they're funded by all these other scumbags. And I think it's Justice Democrats. I really hope I didn't missay the name uh, across America right now, but I'm pretty sure that's the name of the group. AOC is quite literally an actress. She wasn't just a bartender. I mean, she was, she's been dancing in music videos. She's, she's an actress from New York. She's an actress. She auditioned to see if she could win the part of being the communist running for Congress in New York. Why does that matter? Well, I'll explain in a second. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up.
1: JesseKellyShow.com.
0: It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and let me ask you something really quickly. We have a green break coming up about 10 minutes from now. We're going to get to the communist mayor of D.C. Oh, don't, 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 don't think I'm just throwing stones. I mean, flat out endorsing it pretty much. But before we get to that, do you think the world is different now than it was? When I say different now, this is what I mean. We, you and I... We look at more recent history, right? So, th- so let's say the ancient stuff aside, but we look back at things like World War II. And everyone, I mean, what do you think of? when you think of World War II? How long do you go down the list before you think of the Holocaust? And you think to yourself, gosh, how evil, like, how unspeakable. Like, thank goodness those days are gone. Thank goodness we have things in place to make sure that kind of thing can never happen again. I'm not, I'm, I'm not putting you down if that's how you think. I think that way sometimes too, right? We all get trapped in that. Man, what a bunch of barbarians back then. Thank goodness. Because of that horror, because of the horrors of the Holocaust, we will never stand by and let that happen again. Really? Really? Are you sure? I I see this. China can lock up one million Muslims. This is from BuzzFeed News. The numbers, the, uh, the numbers I could give you right now about the numbers of compounds and numbers of square footage and all these other things. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with the details on it because details ruin the gist of a story. That's why I don't dig into this stuff. You can go to BuzzFeed News if you want to and read it. Just know China has the ability. We don't know what they've done. We know they have the ability to lock one million people up. That's what we know. We also know this. We have reports coming out. They they leak out slowly because, remember, it's a totalitarian communist country. We have reports coming out about slave labor. We have reports coming out about mass executions. We have reports coming out about... Terrible things happening to women that I'm not going to go into. Use your imagination. There are reports right now, enough reports right now that there are concentration camps happening in China. Chris brought up organ harvesting. Yeah, it's a big deal. There, There is something really, really ugly happening right now in China. My question to you is, Why isn't it a big deal? Part of the reason I think it's not a big deal to Americans, and this is not me pointing a finger at Americans or looking down at Americans. Part of the reason I don't think Americans are that outraged about it is they're Muslims. These are Muslims they're locking up, and while we have plenty of Muslims here in America... America and Islam have had a bit of a rocky past, especially during all that ISIS stuff and whatnot. Uh, the people who practice Islam in America had a rough go of it there for a bit. So let's just be frank, because we're more of a Judeo-Christian-based company or country, Islam's not exactly near and dear to the heart of many, many Americans, but I'm well aware we have many here. I think that is part of it. But setting the, setting the Islam part of it aside, what would we do? What would you want done? And be honest with yourself. You don't have to be honest with me. You can. But what would, what would you want done? What would we do if it came out? And this might be happening. Oh, they're not just slave laboring them. They're not just harvesting their kidneys. Oh, they're just killing these people in mass. They're rounding up Muslims, these Uyghur Muslims, and they're killing them in mass. What would we do? What would you want to do? And the reason I'm asking you the question is I asked it of myself when I was going through the article and, and thinking about the, I mean, the atrocities and the inhumane horror and all these other things. Even after all that, even after knowing how bad it was, I don't know what I would want done. Definitely not by just us, right? If you're going to tell me uh, uh, a 25-country coalition is going to get together and storm into China and save these people, okay, that would be one thing, a bit of an extreme step, but okay. If you're going to tell me America should go over there, put our blood on the line and stop it, do you want that? Are you okay with that? The answer to that question is probably no. I could see you shaking your head. The answer to the question is probably no. So that gets me back to my original question I asked you. Are we different today? Would it be different today? Are we a more civilized place where these horrible evils can't happen? Adolf Hitler was alive today. You get word about, oh, there's a camp. Aus- Auschwitz. Oh. Man, there are a couple bad reports coming out about that. We don't have any confirmation, but, man, we've got word there's some death and slave labor and stuff going on. That sounds really bad. We didn't do anything. Are we any different now? Are we really going to convince ourselves we live in a society now that's different? We live in a world that's different? The truth is I think you and I have to accept we let it all go again. And that sucks, right? Because you think about you 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 think about the mistakes you've made in the past. You personally, us as a country, you think about the mistakes you've made in the past, and you want to tell yourself, man, whew, never again. I am not doing that again. That is the last redhead I am ever gonna date. You'll date another one. You know you will. That soulless ginger will walk in the room and you'll go date her. You will. The truth is. People don't change. The world doesn't change. And the really, really hard question is this. What could we do about it if we wanted to? You understand the military situation between us and China, right? No, I'm not going to sit here and tell you China's military is better than ours but we can't invade over there. We can't get to them because of their long-range missile capability. Our Navy will be at the bottom of the sea before we get there. Now, the, the good news of that is they can't get to us either for the very same reason. Our long, long-range missile capability is simply too great. But if we woke up tomorrow morning and we found let, let's set aside the Muslim part of it. Because I do think that taints our view. If we woke up tomorrow morning and found out there were a million Jews in a concentration camp in China and they were being killed, would we do anything? The answer is no. The answer is no. And the truth is, if you're being honest with yourself, unless, unless you have a, a, obviously Jews of America would be all about it because they remember exactly what happened to their people, but the truth is there wouldn't be popular support with the American public to do anything. We wouldn't do anything. We couldn't do anything. And the mere suggestion of doing something, it would be met with, ah, they're probably okay. Or you try to convince yourself like people did before. I'm sure it's not that bad. My point in this was people don't change. The world doesn't change. We're going to talk to uh, Green Beret. He's running for Congress next. I want to know what he thinks about Afghanistan. He lost his wife in Afghanistan. Let's talk to him about it. Let's talk to Joe Kent. Hang on. It is The Jesse Kelly Show, and music that terrible can only mean our guest declined to pick the music. Not a mistake. I'm guessing he will make a second time. Joining me now, Joe Kent, former Green Beret, running for Congress in Wisconsin. His lovely wife gave her life in the fight for ISIS. This is a human being we need there. Joe, why are you running for Congress, man?
3: Yeah, I'm running, running for Congress to uh, bring about some change to our political status quo. So for far too long, we've had establishment Republicans that refuse to stand for anything, articulate a clear vision for what we want for our country, and really fight for the key issues we need to preserve the republic as we know it.
0: Joe, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm, I'm really glad it just kind of worked out well that you're coming on tonight. Because so, I'm not going to name names. I don't need to, to blast them right in front of you right now. But Republicans, uh, pundits, and politicians – consistently lack a spine. And what I said earlier was it's my fault because most of these people are lifelong dorks and I'm expecting a lifelong dork to go be a warrior when really he's just a dork in Congress now or a dork with a TV show. Instead, we need more people like you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I I think we've we've just had a lot of folks that have wanted to be career politicians
3: for their entire lives. And they get in there and they know how to grease the skids of power and make money. And then they they have this uh, system that just rewards them being absolutely spineless. And that's gotten us to where we are right now, especially with the Republicans. I mean, I think there's some Democrats that are pretty cutthroat and that's given them full control of the government and the culture.
0: Why are Democrats more bold and aggressive? Joe, tell me.
3: Well, I, I think they, they definitely played the long game and they got control of the media, the culture, the education. I, I think that was absolutely key. But they do a good job of really getting into lockstep much better than conservatives, Republicans do. They can put out their messaging and they get all their members kind of marching to the same, uh, the same beat of the same drum, I think. Um, and Republicans have just been – Republicans really don't like getting called names like racist or, hey, you guys are coming in too aggressively. And then Republicans immediately flinch and start to compromise and cave in places where Democrats never would, especially with cultural issues, you know, especially with uh, control of, you know, the economy or you know, what's going on with our schools, our border, you know, the list goes on.
0: Joe... We don't want Republicans to be hive mind lemmings like you just brought up, but at the same time, it does hurt us that it seems on important issues we scatter and go a hundred different ways. They're united, so we lose. What's the appropriate you know, what's the appropriate middle ground there?
3: You know, I think we just really have to look at what's been successful and what hasn't. I mean, President Trump was you know, a change agent, and he came in very forcefully and very strongly. But you you, you can argue in 2016, hey, is this going to work? But we saw real results during the Trump administration on, on all fronts. And what happened with our economy, the way he started to bring back manufacturing, we actually saw working class wages rise between 2017 and then right before COVID. Foreign policy, President Trump decisively used the military, but then attempted to get us out of these foreign wars that have just gone on forever, and it cost us so much, in blood and treasure. So I, I think right now we really have to go with the America First agenda, and that's not because I think it looks good on paper. That's because it's actually worked. It's actually produced. So the GOP talking points that really only benefit country club Republicans and their donor base, we just have to cast those aside and and I think really at this point, mock and ridicule them and flout the record of the America First agenda.
0: (laughs) Amen. Joe, are we we winning when it comes to remaking the GOP? I understand we have a long way to go. I get that. I understand we need a lot more joe kentz in congress i get that a lot fewer kinzinger's a lot more joe kentz but it does seem like we are slowly but surely remaking it into a party that does stand for something
3: yeah the good news is i do believe we are winning so i'm primary in washington state jamie herrera butler she's one of the 10 impeachment voters i beat her she's an 11 year incumbent i beat her in individual contributions in fundraising this uh, this last <sighs> quarter I actually did double what she did in individual contributions. She's got some PAC money coming from spineless GOP Republicans led by – Kevin McCarthy. So Ugh. Kevin McCarthy is funding five of the impeachment voters. So he's slapping the base of the America First movement in the face and saying, hey, I want you guys just to be quiet and go away now that Trump's gone. So he's gonna f- he is going to fund the people that certified the election. We know there was all kinds of problems with, even outright fraud that's coming to light, and then voted for the impeachment of Trump. He, a- he acted like he was, you know, outraged by that because he still wants to be in the good graces of Trump. But then behind Trump's back, he goes and he funds Jamie Hurrah butler But the base out there, where I am, in Washington state and throughout the country, they've, they've really rewarded me in individual contributions because they realize the GOP is the thing of the past and America first is the future.
0: I just want to be clear here, Joe. You're running against one of the people who voted to impeach Donald Trump. I just want to make sure everyone's clear on that.
3: Yep, absolutely. So she mm-hmm. is the one who voted for impeachment, but then also volunteered to be the Democrats' uh, star witness in the trial. Of
0: course. Well, Joe, it, there's probably nobody in America, I would say, is more qualified to have a strong opinion or an opinion of any kind on Afghanistan. 20 years, we're now pulling out. It's clearly not going well there, which is the least surprising thing in the world to anybody who knew. What? what what's your thoughts on it?
3: Yeah, you know... Uh, I, my bar for success is so low that I'm just glad uh, you won't hear me talk very many, say many, very many good things about the Biden administration, but I'm glad he just pulled the trigger and started getting all the troops out of there. I hope they continue that process and we're out of there as soon as possible. Look, the bottom line is this would have been the exact same result had we done this right after the Taliban fell in 2002. Instead of chasing, instead of staying there and doing uh, nation and nation building, we should have just pursued Al Qaeda into Pakistan then and not even bothered with that. So. We need to be out of Afghanistan. We need to be out of Iraq. We need to be out of Syria. And there's, look, there's not going to be a happy ending. You hear all the pundits say, like, oh, my God, it could be so much different. Like, yeah, could have, would have, should have. There's, there's a bunch of different ways that we can analyze this, but we're not going to fix it. I mean, the, whether we stay for another 20 years, we leave tomorrow, the end result is the same. Afghanistan goes back to what its history is, and it's, it's a conglomeration of warring tribes.
0: What's Pakistan? What are they? I don't think people realize what a disaster Pakistan is in a nuclear-powered disaster.
3: Yeah, so Pakistan is a nuclear power disaster, like you said. But, I mean, their central government that we have a somewhat tenuous relationship with that is nuclear power, they are also in, in a fight against all these different tribal warlords on the Afghan border. They have some terrorism issues of their own there. But it's a country that we give billions of dollars of foreign aid to, and we really don't – we don't get anything in return except for them hiding Osama bin Laden for however many years, six, seven, eight, nine, almost 10 years. And then uh, Zawahiri, the number two man of al-Qaeda who helped plan the 9-11 attacks, he's still at large more than likely in Pakistan. So these guys have done nothing but profit and gain from all of our loss in Afghanistan. And – this is a country that we need to hold accountable and stop this uh, ridiculous relationship that we have with. And I think we'll be able to hold them more accountable once we don't have troops on the ground in Afghanistan.
0: Why would they harbor bin Laden? Why would they hide him? What, what is it? What's wrong with them?
3: I mean, I'm sure the central government claims that they have no knowledge of it and maybe at the very top they didn't. But I think their intelligence services just keep such good ties with the al-Qaeda network um, because they they use al-Qaeda as their expeditionary force and their proxy force Uh. to counter… to counter Indian influence. So they're they're in a competition with India, their, their other next-door neighbor. And so they like to use these Islamic extremists, a lot of them who play nice and flirt with Al-Qaeda, they like to use them as proxies. And so then it's, it's not too far of a leap to see how someone like Bin Laden could come in and really fly below the radar of anybody who would have given up his location, but then be given sanctuary by all these really robust terror networks that are actually part of the Pakistani intelligence service, which probably runs mostly on U.S. foreign
0: aid money. How about Joe Kent coming on here, dropping knowledge bombs. Joe, if people have some desire to support you running against the person who voted to impeach Donald Trump, how could they do that?
3: Yeah, then go to JoeKentForCongress.com and uh, send any kind of small donation. I'd really appreciate it because we're, we're fighting against the far left and we're fighting against GOP PAC money, but we are winning, and that's because of the grassroots, all the people that believe in this movement.
0: Joe Kent, my brother, I believe in your movement. I am pulling for you. I hardly ever get involved in stuff like this, so go get them. Semper Fi, man.
3: I really appreciate it, man. Thank you very much.
0: That's a good dude right there. That is a good dude right there. And running against somebody who's really not and someone who believes what you and I believe. And what what have I said? What have I said about Congress? It's one gigantic caucus measuring contest. If you want better Republicans there, they need reinforcements. We can't have five guys who want what you want. We need 50 guys because then when you're swinging that kind of a caucus around, you get what you want. That's why you need Joe Kent. Now, my pillow. How often have you said to yourself, I'm never supporting that company again. I'm never supporting that company. I'm canceling this channel. I'm canceling that channel. Because I, I know I say it all the time. I am worn out by corporate America hating America. I don't just love my pillow for the quality. They're, they're obviously known for the quality. They have a 60-day money-back guarantee for a reason. I love them because they still care enough about this country to praise it. That's stinking awesome. And they have a steal for you right now for my listeners. If you go to MyPillow.com, they have these great six-piece towel sets. They're normally $109.99. If you go put in the promo code JESSE, You can get this six piece towel set for $39.99. And we're talking all USA cotton. And your money doesn't go to some scumbag who hates America. It goes to MyPillow, the best people out there right now. MyPillow.com, promo code Jesse. Go get a steal on a six piece towel set.
1: You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome.
0: It is the Jesse Kelly show. Well, with when the commies are taking over America, do you want to know what the GOP leaders worried about? You want to hear what your GOP leaders worried about? Here it is.
4: These shots need to get in everybody's arm as rapidly as possible, or we're going to be back in a situation in the fall that we don't yearn for that we went through last
0: year. They're threatening to lock us down again. In what universe are we still pretending that lockdowns work? I mean, are we ready to have that conversation? Are we ready to have that conversation? In what universe are we pretending that we actually did any good with our lockdowns and six feet away and the stupid diaper on your face and everything else? You realize most of Florida was unvaccinated when they opened up. And people flocked to the bars and the grocery stores and the restaurants and their numbers didn't go up. Is America even ready? Is America even close to being ready to have the talk that everything we did in response to coronavirus was wrong? That we added trillions of dollars to the national debt unnecessarily. That we wiped out more small businesses than I can count unnecessarily. That we violated the civil rights of more Americans than have ever been violated before unnecessarily. That we ruined the mental health of more kids in this country than has been done in ages. I still have healthy teenage boys walking around my neighborhood with masks on outside are we going to accept that what we did killed people in droves? You see those overdose numbers from last year? Oh, gee, it turns out you can't take somebody struggling with alcohol, struggling with drugs, stuff them in his house, and don't let him go to work. Things are going to go bad. Are we ready to have this talk? You know what? Let's set that aside for just a moment. We have to do something a lot more important than that, and we have to talk about me. If you mi- What, Chris? If you missed any part of the show... You can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am, like these ones. So handsome, I can't let my wife hear your voice. That's the title of it. What, Chris? He's being honest. Jesse, you're the most narcissistic and least humble person I've ever heard speak a word, and I love it. You handsome, magnificent man, you. The new format is amazing. Keep on keeping on single-handedly raising the troops to fight commies. That's how it's done right there. That is how it's done right there. Oh, and I don't want to keep you in suspense at all. We have completed our list, our list that will bring America back together, our bipartisan list of the hottest women in Congress. I will reveal the entire list including the rankings, about seven minutes from now. This will bring us back together, I have no doubt. And we're not going to catch any blowback for this. Let's get to some emails. Jesse, the menu whisperer, Kelly, let's just be clear about something. Well, before I go to this email, I have a very special talent. I can look at any restaurant menu, even if I've never eaten there before, and I can pick out the best items on the menu. Chris is rubbing his head right now, but he's actually gone out to eat with me before, and I nailed it. I nail it every single time. I don't understand why I can do it. Most geniuses can't understand why they're geniuses, and they can't can't explain why they're geniuses. I'm a menu genius. I'm the menu whisperer. And I go out with people, and they think I'm just being arrogant when I tell them, because I will. I'll tell people all the time. When we sit down to eat, I'll tell them, just order what I order. Rarely do people listen. They, of course, want to, no, I don't don't want to get that. I want to get the fish. And then my food comes and their food comes, and you can see it all over their face. They know. They know. Now, lots of times they won't admit it, but you can tell. You can tell they're dying, dying just to have a bite. Uh, To their credit, many people, though, will say, I should have listened to you. I should have just ordered what you ordered because I'm the menu whisperer. I think it's, uh, I think it's God given. I don't th- what Chris. I think it's God given. I don't think you're just. I don't think you can acquire these skills. If you have some deep down desire to be a menu whisperer, there aren't many of us. God didn't make many of us, and I don't think. I don't think you can reach my level. That's all I'm saying. I don't think you can ever get there. You're welcome to try, but you have it or you don't. All right. It's, uh, I'm I'm like Mozart, only ordering food. Back to the email. I emailed some months back suggesting the books you should consider writing instead of the usual drivel most media people put out. You teased it a couple times, but oddly you got distracted and didn't get around to it. Is it that odd that I got distracted and didn't get around to it? You've been listening to the show for how long? You, it's, it's odd that I got distracted? Anyway, back to the email. I have two ideas for book you should write. First, being the greatest food orderer You should write a book listing all your favorite restaurants and what menu and off-menu items we should be ordering when visiting. Second, you have to put out your own cookbook, world's greatest burgers, your breakfast hash, all your favorite go-to foods when the old lady is out of town and you're cooking for yourself. He says I'm free to use his name. His name is James. One, I have to confess something to you. I hate writing. Now, that's, that's not a confession. You know that by now. I hate writing. Uh, you Look, you want to put me in front of a camera? My show is on the first TV every single night, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you want to put me in front of a camera, I can talk all day long. You want to put me in front of a microphone? I can talk all day long. No big deal. We could just sit here and gab back and forth, you and I. You sit me down in front of a computer and say, type uh, uh, a thousand words. I'm not making this up. I will get physically sick to my stomach. Now, I'm not going to puke like a little girl, but I get that kind of feeling. Like the feeling you get when you have to get up and speak in front of people, that's the feeling I get when I sit by myself and have to type out even a thousand words, which is nothing, right? So I have a confession for you. You ready for this? Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show, and it is confession time. And yes, I'm going to get to this COVID with the border crossers here in just a moment. But bear with me. We have a couple housekeeping items we have to take on first here on the Jesse Kelly Show. One, I'm going to get to my bipartisan, bipartisan list that will bring the country back together where we list and rank the hottest women in Congress. I'll get to that in a moment. But I have a confession. The email was about a book. Jesse, write a book. Jesse, why didn't you write a book? I hate writing. I tried to explain this. I hate it. I just have this. I don't know why, but I hate it so much. And uh, I think it's kind of cliche that you have to write a book. I mean, everybody writes a book. Now, here's what's weird. I read all the books, and they're good books. You know, I do think they're valuable. I, I think it's good to write a book but I don't want to write one. I've never wanted to write one. What, Chris? I understand I got started writing articles. That's different, dork. I just had to sit down and make myself do it. I didn't have any money. I was trying to get my name out there, so I wrote some articles and I realized people liked them and whatnot, especially because I don't do punctuation. We didn't learn that at community college. Either way, I'm gonna to have to write a book. They're already breathing down my neck to write a book. I already I know what the book is going to be about. No, I'm not going to tell you yet. Yes, you're going to enjoy it, but I'm going to have to write a book. And here's my situation. I don't want to write it. I hate writing. And normally you would just get a ghostwriter. Apparently, that's what a bunch of people do. You just get someone else to write the book and pay, pay him, and then you, you publish a book, and then I'll come on the radio, make sure you buy my book, whatever the case may be. As you know, I'm a really bad human being. I am. But there are some things I have a problem with. It feels dishonest to publish a book if someone else writes it. So not only am I going to write a book, I'm actually going to be the one writing it, and I'm so mad about it. I cannot believe I got talked into this whole thing, and they did it, and it's just just, nothing matters anymore. All right. Without further ado, it is time to be bipartisan in this country. It is time to bring this country back together right now. How are we going to do this? Well, let's all agree. There are some real dimes in Congress. We have decided on the Jesse Kelly show that we are going to do an annual list. You know what? Because it'll be the same list every two years. I take that back. Look, we kind of do this show on the fly. Every two years, we're going to do a list of the hottest women in Congress. And we are going to rank them, too. We stand for something on this show. And... You're not going to be partisan about this, and I'm not going to be partisan about this. So I don't want any emails from you, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, telling me, oh, you can't include this person. She's a communist. Yes, there are some communists on my list. I understand that. Look, they're going to be too skinny if they ever take over anyway at some point in time. But let's. Without further ado, let's begin with number 10, Gillibrand, or Gillibrand, however you say it, the senator. Now, I'm struggling with some of the personality aspects here, but let's be frank, especially for a U.S. senator, she warrants being on the list. Chris, do you have any any issue with Gillibrand? See, he didn't have a big issue. Okay, look, and again, we're not dealing with the Norwegian bikini team here. We're dealing with Congress. So you're going to have to grade this thing on a bit of a curve, okay? Number nine. This is going to be one I know I'm going to get pushed back on. Number nine, Ilhan Omar. I don't care what you say. Chris has a huge problem with her. I think it's because he's Jewish and therefore she probably wants him dead. I say Ilhan Omar belongs on the list. Yeah, I realized there's that whole married to her brother thing that kind of takes away from it. But Ilhan Omar is on the list. Number eight. Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee. She probably deserves being on the list for if for no other reason than that Tennessee accent. Don't act like you don't love that Tennessee accent. It's awesome. Number seven. This is one, I'll be frank with you. I didn't really realize this person existed, but unquestionably on the list, Julia Letlow. She's from Louisiana. Looks like got a beautiful family, mother of two. Julia Letlow's on the list. Number six, Kirsten Cinema, That's Senator from Arizona. It's actually funny. I believe if you do an internet search out there, there's a search on her Twitter account of her blasting me by name a long, long time ago when I ran for Congress, because remember I ran for Congress in Arizona and I think she was a state representative or state senator at that time, Kirsten Cinema, Number five, Maria Elvira Salazar. I wasn't aware of this one. It's actually really funny. Uh, a couple female members of Congress texted me when I was putting together the list and said, <laughs> said Salazar needs to be on the list. Number four. This is embarrassing because I don't know how to say her name. Beth Van Dooyne? D-U-Y-N-E. Look, we don't put a lot of thought into this thing. Beth Van Duyne, definitely on the list. Number four, or number three, I'm sorry, Nancy Mace. Nancy Mace has to be on that list. Number two, AOC, and it's not exactly, there's not exactly a ton of suspense when it comes to this last one. Number one's Lauren Boebert and it's not particularly close. Now let's move on to less serious stuff. Oh, I don't know. The Secretary of State, John Kerry, working with our mortal enemy to tackle climate change. Chris, I want you to play number four, and I want you to remember this. China is building a new coal plant about every 15 minutes. That's an exaggeration, but they are. They're building a new coal coal plant. I think it's every year. Every year China is building a new coal plant. China doesn't care about Global warming, climate change. China doesn't believe in it, doesn't care about it. China wakes up every single day eating, sleeping, and breathing, destroying the United States of America so they can take over the world. Keep that in mind when you hear uh, Secretary of State Doofus here talking about China.
4: I I am uh, friends, genuine friends, and I admire the work that Xi Jinping has done in China. And many of you know him. And I look forward to working with China.
0: I'm sorry, what? You look forward to working with China? You know what you look forward to, John Kerry? You look forward to getting China de pantsing you. That's what China's going to do. China is going to use John Kerry like the idiot he is. And keep in mind this about, about, about all the climate change people, all of them. Remember. You always have to remember, none of them actually believe in man-made climate change. Not a single one of them. That can be hard to accept, but it's true. It has nothing to do with climate change. It has everything to do with communism, with gaining power and gaining money all over you. It's about destroying America and securing power for themselves in the process. John Kerry's been busted 8 trillion times flying private jets around the world. This is not a man who's worried about his carbon emissions. You remember Barack Obama? Barack Obama was one of the first on these. Oh, save the earth. Carbon's killing us all. And then he flies his personal pizza chef. I think it was from St. Louis. He flew his favorite pizza chef from St. Louis by himself out to the White House to make him a pizza? That didn't prove that Barack Obama was a hypocrite. It just proved that Barack Obama doesn't believe in climate change. And the Obamas are still out there whining about climate change. They just bought an $11 million mansion on the ocean. Do you think they bought an $11 million mansion on the ocean because they think the polar ice caps are melting? None of these people believe in it. None of them.
4: On that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, Is that uh, an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle.
0: Of course, for somebody like him. No, no, you, you need to be poor. Don't you dare drive that SUV. We're we're not done talking about this. We're going to talk about what they really believe. Do they believe in COVID too? Let's address that. Hang on. Oh, got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. These people don't believe in anything. When I say don't believe in anything, I mean they don't believe in anything they're telling you they believe. John Kerry doesn't believe in climate change. AOC doesn't believe in climate change. Barack Obama doesn't believe in climate change. They all believe in communism. They all believe in destroying the United States of America and gaining power for themselves. That's all they believe is right here. The Guardian sums it up nicely. Freedom means nothing when COVID cases are soaring. I'm sorry, what? What did you say? Freedom means nothing when COVID cases are soaring. I'm not worried about one idiot writing into The Guardian. I'm worried that this is the exact feeling of many, 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 many Americans to this day. I'm worried that we wrecked the mentality of this country. How many Americans out there today? Maybe you're one of them. How many Americans out there today honestly believe the solution when a virus breaks out is to violate everyone's freedoms and shut down the economy? How many Americans? What's the percentage on that? 50? 80? What are the percentages? Whatever they are, they're high enough now, this is going to kill us. And none of these people care about coronavirus. None of the people telling you to panic, none of them care. You have Barack Obama out there, Joe Biden out there, Nancy Pelosi out there, shoot, Mitch McConnell out there, every single Democrat in the country, get vaccinated, get the vaccine. We may have to lock down again. This is a disaster. How how worried is Joe Biden about coronavirus? Gee, I don't know. COVID soars 900% among illegals caught in the Rio Grande Valley. That's from the Daily Wire. Joe Biden is so worried about coronavirus. He's so deeply, deeply concerned about this deadly virus that's going to murder us all if you don't get the vaccine, that he has our border wide open and people are pouring into this country with coronavirus. None of the people telling you to worry about coronavirus are themselves worried about coronavirus. They simply know they can dangle that word out in front of you, violate your freedom, enrich themselves, empower themselves, because we proved it to them. We proved it to them. We spent a year telling these people, you can do it. Go ahead. Scare me badly enough and I'll go home, daddy government. Tell me, is it safe to come out yet? No one's, no one's still dying out there, are they? I mean, I want to live in a world where nobody dies. So should I hide at home and watch more Netflix? Can't you just print me more money and send me a stimulus check and I'll hide at home and watch Netflix? I don't understand why we can't do that forever. They used our fear against us. Now, maybe not you in particular. I hope not you. But even if they did, they used your fear against you. It's not just what happened, though, that has me concerned. Yeah, there are plenty of people out there now who are sick of lockdowns and sick of masks and don't believe it and, and all this. Other. There are plenty of people out there. But are there enough people out there who realize they're going to lie about something else again? Why? Because we just proved to them that we will let them do whatever they want to us if they lie about it. I'm not worried about the last thing as much as I am the next thing. Are you ready for the next thing? And no, I don't know what the next thing is going to be. I don't have any idea. No one does. But I do know this. There's going to be a next thing. Because all the powerful people in this country and in this world, they all sat back for the last year and a half. While they slaughtered their own population, they all sat back and got rich and powerful. All of them. Let me ask you something. Do you think you think China dislikes coronavirus? China sat back and watched all the, all the Western powers, all of, its, all of its enemies, kill themselves over it. Okay, so China obviously loves it. You think Joe Biden hates coronavirus? The only reason that pudding brain is sitting in the White House is coronavirus. You think Dr. Fauci hates coronavirus? You think these mayors, governors, I think Gavin Newsom, Lori Lightfoot, Nancy Pelosi, Bill de Blasio? You do do you think any of these people, even one of them, hate coronavirus? Or do you think they look back on the last year and a half and say to themselves, man, that worked out pretty well. That worked out really well. Well, if you think that's what they're thinking, and that is what they're thinking, they're going to do it again. There's going to be another thing. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's another disease. Maybe it's this. That There's going to be another thing where they scare you bad enough. And someone's going to dangle it out there. And the media is going to run with it. And the politicians are going to run with it. And the actors and actresses are going to run with it. And half the pastors in this country are going to run with it. And all the professors are going to run with it. And the sports stars are going to run with it. And soon, this thing is going to run away from us again. And it's going to feel really, really real like it felt last time. It's going to feel like we're all going to die. You're going to have to be strong enough next time to resist. If you weren't strong enough this last time, fine. Look, we can't remake the past. (laughs) Look, if we could, I'd remake a lot of things about mine. We can't remake the past. So set it aside. Learn from it, though. Next time, when the next thing comes, and it will come, you had better be strong enough to swim against the tide. You had better be strong enough to stand there And join forces with the other people who are are willing to stand with you and say, no, this is insane. The reason we destroyed ourselves over coronavirus, it's not because of the left. And this is hard for people to accept. The left is always going to do power hungry, mad things. The reason we lost the coronavirus wars is because of the right. I know that's tough to accept. I know it is. Dr Fauci worked for Donald Trump. There were plenty of Republican governors, Republican congressmen, Repub- Republican senators, Republican pundits in the radio and TV and in writing who were all pushing that coronavirus panic button early on. So don't you dare think I'm singling out Trump. It was the right who didn't hold the line. And oh yeah, they woke up. They 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 caught on to the scam. Like they always do, they caught on to the scam at the exact moment it ceased doing us any good any longer. Once the horse was out of the barn, once the narrative had been set, this is a deadly disease, it will kill millions unless we go home and hide under our beds. They waited until that narrative was set, and then they stepped up and said, wow, man, these, these lockdowns are actually hurting people. I had no idea. I thought we could just pause the economy like a TV remote and then whatever we wanted, we could unpause it again and then it would work. Oh, gee, it turns out that wasn't true. It turns out you shouldn't have been pushing that panic early on. Again, I don't say this to rehash what we've gone through. I say this to warn you it's coming again. Now, let's get to the communist mayor of D.C. and why it matters. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly show. And let me tell you, people are thrilled about our bipartisan list of hottest women in Congress. This one's called Jesse Ilhan Omar. My word barf. (laughs) You know what? That's not very nice. We are a bipartisan program here when it comes to ranking women in Congress by their looks. Come on now. There's a headline. DC mayor Scrubs anti Castro slogan from Cuban embassy entrance. I want you to understand something because I'm not going to spend forever on this. People don't care that much about Cuba. You're rooting for them, but you don't care that much. Black Lives Matter is still painted on the same street where they power washed off the Cuban Cuba, Cuba Libre or Libby or something like that. I don't, I don't speak Cuban. All right. But it. in all seriousness. We have a communist as the mayor of our nation's capital. How crappy is that? What, what a sad state of affairs that is. Th- think about Washington, D.C. And I know you think about politicians, but all the monuments and museums and cool stuff there. And we have a daggone communist as the mayor of D.C. And what does it say as an American politician now when you're comfortable openly being a communist? Shouldn't that be the ultimate mark of shame? Shouldn't it? The ultimate mark of shame. But look, people don't have shame anymore, especially on the left. Did you see what this Michelle Beckley said? Michelle Beckley, I know you don't know who that is. She's one of the Texas Democrats who fled the state. She she put up this on social media. My name is Michelle Beckley. I'm one of the brave Texas Democrats who came who came to D.C. to fight for voting rights in my state. Now I'm fighting to flip a seat held by an anti-democracy Republican. <laughs> I love people calling themselves brave. I love that. You'd never catch me bragging on myself. What, Chris? In all seriousness, these people, you saw the media do this during uh, Trump's era. You saw them do it really, really badly. They honestly think they're... Warriors. They do. They think the stupid things they do all the time, and I'm sure it's because of America's disastrous education system, they think Democrat activism is heroic in some way. The entire system is on your side, woman. The whole system, every part of it. The president of the United States, the vice president, all of the American media, they won't criticize them. All of Hollywood, you're not hearing a, a word of criticism from Hollywood. Academia, totally on your side. You're not, going to have, you're not going to have any trouble for what you're doing. This is what's really, really odd. We have people, lots of people on the left and some on the right in this country, they, they think of themselves as being against Nazis, right? You hear that word a lot, Nazi this and Nazi that, and, and he's a Nazi. This guy's a Nazi. But I want you to think about this. Remember this next time you hear him talk about that. These are the people who are doing exactly what they're told by the system. What do you think the camp guards were at Auschwitz? Were they the rebels who stood up against all the nonsense? Or were they the people who went along with everything the system says? If you find yourself saying only system-approved things, doing system-approved things, every single word out of your mouth, post on social media, everything is system-approved. You don't say anything except for what the system says is okay. You know the difference between you and history's monsters, be them Nazis or anything else? Time and location. That's the only difference between you. That's the reality of it. And what, I've, what have I been telling you about being on the right? Being on the right has been traditionally, because it's more of a uh, Christian side, being on the right has been a rule-following side. Ah, we, we, but law and order, follow the rules. Times are changing so fast, and the system is running away from you so rapidly, if you're on the right and you actually want to stand for something, you're going to have to be comfortable becoming a rule-breaker. Is that something you're going to be able to do? A lot of people, and this is one of those things you're born with or you're not. It's easy for me to say that because I'm a natural rule breaker. It just comes natural for me. Somebody like my wife, it's a lot harder for her. The speed limit says 45. My wife drives 45. I'm I'm driving 65. If the sign says do not enter, my wife doesn't enter. I look and think if I want to enter or not. You understand? And I know a lot of you are nodding your head because that's who you are, and I get it. That's going to be a struggle for you in the future because the rules, they're all going to be against you very, very soon, if they're not already. And you're going to have to be comfortable breaking the rules. Are you comfortable? If you're not, you better get there or you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. If you're only going to say system-approved things and do system-approved things and follow the system rules... You're useless. You're going to be useless in the days to come. And you don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. You're going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that sucks. But it's true. Here's an email. Your story about road trips with your dad was hilarious. He hates fun. I can't imagine the torture of complete silence. You know, it was more than just the road trips. I told this story yesterday. People think I'm kidding, but when I dig into the details of it, they realize I'm right. My dad legitimately hates fun. We would take these long road trips, four, five-hour hunting trips, and not only was there not really any talking, my dad's not the talkative type, there was no music allowed. I would reach over and try to turn on the radio or a tape and he'd turn it off. I don't want to listen to that crap. And so I would just sit there by myself in silence looking out the window, but it went way beyond that. Uh, Amusement parks. I think I maybe went to to my whole life when we were a ki- when i was a kid they took us to my folks took my sister and i to disney world this is back when disney world was really cheap they took us down to disney world we still joke about it to this day my dad was miserable the entire time and we practically ran through the entire park he just didn't want to be there i don't want to go on fun rides and do fun stuff <laughs> movies Probably the reason I love movies so much to this day and part of the reason I'm so bitter about why Hollywood sucks now, I love the movies. My dad never took me to the movies. I think my dad probably took me to the movies once or twice. Why wouldn't you like to go sit down and eat buttery popcorn and eat candy and drink soda? Because it's fun. And that's what he hated. (laughs) That's probably a big part of why me, Jesse the Oracle Kelly, is so messed up to this day. Hey, Chris, it's working out, all right? We have this huge national show that we're absolutely not going to get kicked off of now that we made a list of the hottest women in Congress. I heard you talk about the hot Congresswomen. You mentioned AOC, some Republicans, and Omar. Omar is hideously gross-looking woman without her head covering. I was up all night thinking about that comment and worrying. Next, you will say the mayor of Chicago, Lightfoot, is special. You better read some magazines. It's funny you should brought that. It's funny you should bring that up. Hmm. Chris, do you want to tell him or should I? You know what? I'll go ahead and tell him, Chris. One, you're wrong about Omar. Two, she's already on the list. Three, I want you to know what Chris said to me While we were putting our heads together in the breaks, we have these heady conversations during the breaks, and we were putting our heads together, figuring out who the hottest women were in Congress. Do you know what Chris said to me? He said, what about the mayor of Chicago? And I looked at him, and I I was sure he was messing with me. And I said, Lori Lightfoot? Are you out of your mind? And he said, no, you've got to find a picture of her from when she was younger. Brother there's no younger that's going to help Lori Lightfoot. You are outside of your mind. If you would like to email the show and tell us any of your thoughts, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you can email jesse at com. And here's the kicker. When you email jesse at com, all your emails, they don't go to me. All your emails go right to Chris. If you'd like to say something to Chris about his Affinity for Lori Lightfoot? You're welcome to do so. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. All the emails. I do read them all, though. He prints them all off for me, hands them to me. I read them all. I won't respond. I get way too many, but I read them all. All right. It's time for headlines I didn't get to, and I got distracted a lot tonight, so there's a few. Hang on.
1: Missed out? Catch up? jessikellyshow.com
0: it is the jesse kelly show and before we get to headlines i didn't get to which i realize if i had to say that sentence over again i probably would but before we get to that joe biden is doing a town hall with don lemon now Joe Biden and Tom Lemon together on the stage, I realized is not exactly what you would call a meeting of the minds, if you will. So I was I was hesitant, you know, to, to tune in at all. I thought, man, I've, this is going to be a disaster. But then I heard Joe Biden say, honestly, one of the most profound things I've ever heard him say.
4: That's underway, just like the other question that's illogical. And I've heard you speak about it because you always, I'm not being solicitous, but you you're always straight up about what you're doing. Yeah. And the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are. Why can't the 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 experts say we know that this virus is, in fact, uh, um, uh, is it, it, going to be uh, Or our we, we we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. Yeah. That's underway, too. I expect that to occur. <laughs>
0: On my life, on my life, on my—I'm I'm ser- cross my heart and hope to die. That is unedited, Chris. That's not edited, right? That is that is untouched. I'm gonna play this for you again, and I want—I want you to understand, because I look—we all know this is a disaster. <clears throat> Joe Biden, he's the president of the United States of America. We forget that sometimes. This man is the leader of the free world. He's in command of the strongest military on earth, the strongest military on earth. And this is the human being who is tasked with leading America right now.
4: That's underway, just like the other question is illogical. And I've heard you speak about it because you always I'm not being solicitous, but you're always straight up about what you're doing. And the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are, why can't the 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 experts say we know that this virus is, in fact, uh, um, uh, <laughs> it, it,
0: it's going to be. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm ready for President Kamala Harris. And I know that hurts to hear, but at least she can speak. I mean, at least she can use her mouth, right? Grow up, Chris. Moving on. Now it's time for headlines I didn't get to. This is from the Post Millennial. Pelosi rejects Representative Jim Jordan and Jim Banks for the January 6th committee, so McCarthy pulls all GOP picks. I don't think you should care about the January 6th committee uh, unless it's about this. The January 6th committee is yet another effort by the Democrats and their friends in the American media and their friends at the FBI – to turn January 6th into some gigantic, disastrous event where the American government was almost brought down by those dangerous right-wingers. And there's only one reason for it. There's not a second. There is one reason they're all bringing up January 6th endlessly and investigating January 6th endlessly. There's one reason and one reason only. And that reason is so they can weaponize the powers of government against you. They're trying to make you an enemy of the state. Why do you think they're expanding Capitol Police offices? Why do you think they're doing that? They're trying to expand their foothold across the nation and give themselves police powers to regulate you. They don't care about January 6th. Remember, the communist doesn't care about anything, nothing. And look, I'll be frank. If, uh, if it was a bunch of armed nutjobs who stormed in there on January 6th and they slaughtered 100 members of Congress, the communists wouldn't care about that either. The communists doesn't place value on human life. They don't place value on gender or skin color or religion or anything else. The communist cares about communism and he doesn't have a second care. If if it had been a bunch of armed vigilantes storming in and killing people in Congress, the communists would have not given it a second thought except to figure out how he can use that to gain more power over you. These people don't care about anything. We always have to remember that. They don't care about January 6th. They don't care about women, men, black people, and they don't care about gay people, trans people. They don't, they don't care about the economy. They don't care about the collapse of America. They don't care about anything but more communism. Next headline. Report eight, including officer in charge, arrested for party in Kajang police station. Well, I don't cops have to let off a little steam every now and then, too. I don't see why that's a big deal. Headline, gold toilet found in Russian police bribery probe. I'll be honest with you. I've always been kind of confused by the gold toilet thing. If you had that much gold, why would you want to do that to it? I I just doesn't it wouldn't occur to me to want to do that to it. It would be like marrying a hot woman and letting her wear Birkenstocks. Headline, redstate.com, rural Democrats are too scared to mention their own party affiliation while campaigning. Good. Good. If we're going to have two different Americas, then let's have two different Americas. If Republicans have to hide their party affiliation in all these nutbag cities that we have right now, I hope Democrats have to run and hide from who they are. I hope they... I'm tired of the, the, I'm too scared to say who I am foot only being on ours. It's time for them to be worried now. It should be worrisome if you're a Democrat trying to wreck people's freedom. I'm glad they're worried about it. Well, I got to about four headlines, and the headlines I didn't get to see. I got distracted, Chris. Sometimes I get distracted. Look, we had to listen to the the president. He was articulating everything we needed to know about COVID. (laughs) If you missed any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Remember on iTunes. Leave a five star rating in a review talking about how handsome I am. There's only about a thousand of them by now. <laughs> We're going to have a good time tomorrow, like we always do. That's all.